G'day and welcome to the Cultivate Farms podcast. Sam Marwood here and thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We're thinking of as many ways to get you onto your farm or help you to step back and we really hope you find all this information useful and inspiring. Let's get you farming. Hey Sam, how are you on? Very good, thank you. So my name's Lucas Hodson, I'm with the uh, University of Western Australia and working with Dr. Kirsten Martinez to investigate the emergence of new business models, applications, technologies, uh, which are changing the agricultural industry in Australia. Uh, so the project is Australian Research Council funded project looking at innovation in areas outside of the metropolitan and we're conducting a series of interviews with various businesses that are examples of innovation in the field. And we're in collaboration with researchers in Japan doing similar research. Well, it sounds great, Lucas, and we're very happy to be involved in this research. We're all about uh, innovating businesses and, and also supporting innovative farmers. So uh, all, all credit to you for this and uh, happy for you to use us as you see fit to uh, inspire more innovation in regional Australia. Awesome. Thanks for having me involved. Oh, we could have added a, uh, a birthday cake I see here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Working on my birthday. <laughs> uh, mate, this is great. Well, let us know. Yeah, I'll, um, if you're happy, I'll hack this and uh, I'll send it through. And if you're happy for us to promote it, that'd be great. But happy to be involved in your research as much or as little as you see fit. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Let's get started. Uh, first question is, what is your core business and how long have you been in the industry? So we are a farm or a farmer matchmaking service called Cultivate Farms. And the idea probably started in late 2016 where we, myself and co-founders, Tim and Tegan Hicks, uh, thought, mate, we just want to own a farm, but we're not millionaires. Imagine if there was a business that helped to buy farms for young people. And so that's when the concept started, I guess, and we spent the last three or four years unpacking, is that even possible? And figuring out it is, and it's taken us a long time to realise it's a matchmaking service that we need to match with aspiring farmers with retiring farmers and or investors to co-own own a farm together. And so we've realised it's about relationships, that if you can connect people who get along, um, we can find ownership arrangements for, for any situation. Right. And so how long have you personally been involved in this sector? Uh, I grew up on a dairy farm in central Victoria and right. my parents told me that I wasn't going to get the farm, which I think happens to thousands of people across the right. country every day probably. And uh, so then I worked for government for 15 years and then uh, – equipped to to start this concept so and we're in government obviously natural resource management with farmers and, and environmental policy um so i guess i was always, I've always been connected to the ag and environmental sector and this is just a nice continuation of that right so, so is is cultivate farms your first go at this kind of project or uh yeah i guess it grew out of uh um i worked for government in, in a lot of what government does is to support regional communities and, and the environment and one of my frustrations is that the whole environmental sector for example is reliant on government funding i think 90 percent of environmental works across the world is government funded and that was a bit of a frustration right. for me is how what, what's the private citizen doing to invest in how can there aren't more entrepreneurs in the environmental sector and, and the ag sector and 
um, I guess that was the passion for me is having been in government and having been on a farm. It's like, well, how how do we still get the same outcomes for for communities and for uh, the for environment without having to rely on, rely on governments? So that's what excites me is that I've started this you know Cottaway Farms with my mates, and it's going to have a massive impact for for regional communities and and for for nature as well because we're going to be impacting the next generation of farmers who who look after most of Australia's land. Yeah. All right. Um, so, what do you enjoy most about your work? Uh, I enjoy scheming. I think most of my day is trying to figure out how to help people, and every different case is 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 different. Everyone's got different scenarios. So, I love the idea of working with passionate people. So, every farmer that we deal with, an aspiring farmer, just can't think of anything else to do. They really want to be a farmer for some crazy reason. I think it's ingrained in in humans, uh, and I get to work with them and and help them think through. Okay, you need to you you want to own a multi million dollar business uh, that's hard uh, <laughs> but let's find a pathway to get there and right. you can do it and you can do it through building relationships and showing your passion and treating this like you're an entrepreneur who's uh, annoys everybody at every single dinner party and every single event they go to they talk about their app idea farmers and aspiring farmers should be the same thing out there telling people i'm going to own a farm i just don't have it yet uh, do you have a farm or do you know someone who's retiring can i talk to them do you have money uh, I'm the best and enjoy talking to people who, who really want this dream and um, and want to make it happen and we give them ideas to make it happen because we think yeah, land management is so critical to the, to the future of humans uh, and we're, yeah. we're part of it from a fundamental point of view. Right. So the next question is, uh, what are, the next two questions are, what are the major challenges you face in your business and describe these and how you're trying to solve these problems? So it might be worthwhile splitting this into what are the major challenges you see in farming broadly and then what are the major challenges for you personally with Cultivate Farms? So I think the biggest issue facing regional Australia is that uh, someone in their 20s or 30s has no way of buying a farm. And so the biggest issue is transition. How are we going to transition? How are we going to you know, transition from... Uh, one generation to the next outside of family farms. So family farms, uh, that can happen normally, but how do you attract people outside the industry or people who haven't grown up on a farm or whose parents aren't going to give them the farm? And I think that's the fundamental biggest issue behind regional decline and, and farms getting bigger and footy clubs shutting down is that farms are expensive and they always have been, they always will be. Um, and that is creating a mental block to so many people to not follow their dreams. So, so many people are leaving farming communities to go get a job in town when we're saying, no, it is absolutely possible for you to own a farm and removing that mental barrier is the, I think that's probably the biggest issue is people have this mental barrier that millions of dollars equals impossible equals I cannot follow my farming dreams. And so we want to smash that barrier completely and say money is not an issue. There's money everywhere. Uh, what is the issue is you proving that you want to own a farm and that you're hustling to own it and that you can find creative solutions where you can co-own a farm with a retiring farmer or investor uh, and solve a problem for them. Retiring farmers need someone to run their farm and they'd love to keep their legacy going and investors need to spend money. So you can be the person who can solve this need for uh, those two parties and for regional communities as well. They have a need. They want to keep young people. Um, you can solve yeah. that. So, right. From an industry point of view, that's the I think the biggest 
issue facing yeah. agriculture uh, is that where are the next generation of farmers going to come from and they want to own a farm they want to own it we can't change that it's just the way <laughs> it's going to be ingrained in culture forever um so how do we find a way for that to happen uh the biggest issue for us as cultivate farms is having more of these case studies so people say oh sounds great i love the idea of transitioning ownership to next generation farmer or a young couple who remind me of myself 30, 40 years ago. I love that idea, but how am I going to be making money and how do I ensure I get the money out of this and how do I, how, I don't know people I've met before and um, am I going to be that they're going to look after the land as much as and as well as I did or I do. Real going through more and more case studies from different avenues of investors, retiring farmers, big farms, small farms, different um, uh, farming enterprises having all studies is what we we've got seven grown at the moment we need to have probably or hundred to generate momentum excite some people and get some more retiring farmers thinking about this as an option more investors and more people becoming investors and investing in farms and more aspiring farmers quitting their city to go follow their dreams right okay so where I did we did break up a little bit, but I got all of that, but hopefully we won't break up anymore. Um, so now next is how so how are you trying to solve the problems? So maybe just a bit more detail on cultivate farms. Yep. So it is we've we solve it through matchmaking. So people come to us whether they're an investor, an aspiring farmer, or a retiring farmer with a with a problem. So let's say it's an aspiring farmer, they say, I want to own a farm and we then unpack with them, well, what are your avenues? How, do you, how much money do you have already? Um, do you have enough to go buy it yourself? Which is fantastic. If you can, you can somehow work debt, fantastic. But most of the time, uh, it'll be, all right, who in your network do you know is of retirement age? Uh, or who do you, what farm do you drive past all the time that you love? And you know the farmers are looking to step back. So how do you scheme to put yourself in front of those people who could potentially love you enough to want to organise a, a a farm transition uh, model or same with aspiring farmers how many wealthy people do you know in your networks that have been thinking about buying a farm or how many people do you know in your community you know who are wealthy and want to support farmers and how do you position yourself and educate yourself enough to be able to put investment proposals uh, to these people uh, to back you so it's uh, a lot of what we do is try and inspire these farmers to think differently to to not sit around and complain that they can't own a farm it's get on and, and find those people who make it happen uh, from a retiring part, farmer's point of view they'll say my kids don't want the farm or i don't have kids to hand the farm on to but i don't want this farm to be bought by the next door neighbor or the corporate or just anybody that's not going to love it as much as i do um but i, I want to stay here or i want to stay involved somehow so can you find me a farmer that's that i will get along with and i trust and i know is good enough uh, and can you help us navigate that whole discussion around transitioning ownership? And um, yes, and it's all about relationships and having discussions because all the technical, legal, practical requirements of that are all available. There are lawyers, accountants, and advisors all over Australia who can do that. But the hardest thing is getting the relationship right. And then, from right. the point of view, the investors say, "I want to buy a farm, but I can't run it myself. Um, can you match me with a top gun farmer who I get along with again?" and who's going to invest with me into a farm so I know that they've got vested interest to make this work well 
and I want to see them succeed. I want to come to the farm every now and then, um, but mainly find a great farm so I can get and live my dream of owning a farm, which I've wanted to, but I can't do it myself. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I found it really interesting. It's that it's not just a matchmaking uh, app, basically. It's, it's helping connect, but it's also ensuring that there is actually money supporting the venture. So it's not just people that have good ideas because there's hundreds of those, but it's people that are going to have some backing behind their ideas, which is, uh, it'll make a big difference. I'm sure. Um, so next is, uh, please explain your innovation or new approach and to whom is it new? We basically, uh, and where is the new idea came, where did the idea come from? We covered that a bit, but maybe, uh, where did the idea come from? Basically, was, so, you were saying it was with you and your friend. Yeah. So the idea just came from our desire, which I think most, or our need, um, which I think most good ideas are where people are trying to solve their own problem. And we thought, oh, well, we, we could probably, we, and we are doing it. We are finding Tim and Tegan a farm. I realized I can't actually be a farmer because I'm not, I'm just not good enough. Uh, but Tim and Tegan are, are chasing that dream and we're not far away from matching them onto their farm and with, in, with investors. Um, but I guess it was just sitting down working through the practical realities of the, all these different options. How do you get someone to invest in you onto a farm and just through talking to uh, everyone in the ag industry that we could to putting the word out there on social media, which I think is such a powerful tool that every business should use, uh, and finding aspiring farmers and talking to them on phone uh, and meeting retiring farmers and talking through their needs and just matching it up with our needs, uh, we we figured this out. So we thought this idea was dead 12 months in because we thought we needed Australian financial services license that we would be the ones who attract the money, hold the money ourselves and point it to these farms for them to go and buy farms. Right. And we realised you need a licence to be able to handle lots of money. But we, we real, then it was one, I can't remember the exact day, but we realised, oh, no, we don't need to be, we're not involved in the money at all. We just need to be involved in people and connecting people because who knows why someone wants to invest in something or someone wants to back someone. It's for whatever reasons. <laughs> like who are we to decide? But let's right. find people so they can have that conversation and that was such a that was such a watershed moment because we realized this is absolutely possible and this is scalable across the world this is just relationships which i like we never set out to be a tinder of farming or e-farmony that was never what we intended to do but we realized we had the power of the internet which has never been available um till the last 10 years so distance is no longer an issue with connecting people and you can get attention just with one tweet which can open up the doors for a conversation and connect people. So I think it's a combination of good timing that we had this idea a few years ago that this idea of matchmaking through for relationships um, has already been well established. It was weird years ago to say, like 15 years ago, to say that you met someone on the internet. Everyone laughed at you and uh, it was a joke. But now it's weird to pick up someone at the pub yeah. and completely flipped. Uh, and I think that'll be the same way here with farming that most farmers, retiring farmers think, oh, I don't know anyone in my district that is good enough to farm with me. And we'll say, well, why have you checked the world? There's gotta be one farmer in the world who you can get along with and we can connect you with them now. And that for us, is just so freeing. So it's, a, it's probably that we had this need, we've seen that there hasn't really been a solution and we don't think there's a solution like this out in the world at the moment that we've we've seen there's some similar sort of businesses but this idea of focusing on relationships and ownership of farms is is 
is new and, uh, and we want to succeed and uh, scale across the world. Awesome. So next is uh, how have you been successful in solving the problems? So do, do you feel like people are embracing the, these connections that are possible now? Yeah, I, I think we are. We've, we've had case studies where seven farms that we've matched. I think the biggest issue now is is on the aspiring farmer's point uh, angle. Do you really want it? I think there's a lot of people who are thinking, yeah, I'd love to be a farmer. Of course I would. And then you put an opportunity in front of them. So, for example, we've had an investor who's got lots of, uh, lots of capital to invest and we've sent that to number of farmers and a lot of them say ah oh, we're not quite ready or you know it's just a bit too far away or it's not the exact farm i want and so yeah. it feels like now there's this gap between we've got you these opportunities they are right here how much are you willing to sacrifice or how much do you really want this uh are you okay with living 300 kilometers away from your family maybe you need to if you really want this what are you willing to sacrifice to make it happen, which every entrepreneur goes through. And I think that's what we're running into right now is that maybe there's a lot of aspiring farmers out there that aren't really that serious about following their dream or they are so strict on their requirements that they'll never actually meet it. So that's the big yeah. issue we're up against at the moment is getting these farmers to realise the big vision and the big possibility here that you can own a farm. It might not be in the exact location that you want, but use it as a way to get into the thing you want, which is owning a farm, running it, and uh, and maybe in 10 years' time you can use that to go get the ideal farm. So I think that's our biggest barrier at the moment is do these farmers really want it? Right. So do you, have you got more uh, pros prospective buyers, people that are aspiring farmers, or have you got more... Uh, investors and such that are trying to find the, the right people definitely more aspiring so we're around 700 uh, aspiring farmer members on a database at the moment and we've got a right. big following on social media uh we've got probably 50 retiring farmers we're talking to about half of them are ready to go and the other half are still just helping them work through uh, what they really want for their farm and then our investors are uh, probably in the around the 10 10 or so individuals but yeah. our we're working with more investment advisors as well who have lots of uh, investors on their books as well. So for us, it's uh, I feel like we've got a good balance in that sort of ratio. That's probably the ratio yeah. we need um, uh, because I think the aspiring farmers are the ones who've got the biggest hair on fire problem, um, but uh, they're the ones who are going to get the biggest benefit from this as well. So, But we need to be able to have a lot of farmers to put in front of these investors and retiring farmers for them to choose from. Um, so that's probably the ratio right. we'll go forward. Right. Uh, so, how how sustainable are your initiatives, and has it made your business uh, more competitive in the future? So, I think this one might be worth splitting into two again, in uh, in saying how how sustainable are your initiatives, and how competitive do you think this makes farming broadly? And yeah, so again, farmers broadly and you specifically. So the, uh, from a sustainable point of view, I'd say our farms are 100% sustainable, so we won't support any farm that isn't going to be viable in the long term. And that means different things for different farms. So some farms are absolutely commercial viable in and of themselves and others require off-farm income, and that's fine. Again, this is just a matching people to a situation that they're happy with, but also they've got their advisors, the financial advisors and legal advisors to support them through the, the, the nitty-gritty to make sure it is viable. But viable means different things for different people. Um, so we'll make sure every farm of ours is viable. Uh, us as a business, we are not viable right now, but 
but that's a sacrifice we have been wanting to make because we see a massive potential in what we're doing and we know it can be a financially sustainable business. It's just we need to put in years of free work effectively uh, right. to do our case studies uh, and prove the worth of what we're doing to be able to charge appropriately into the future. So we know we've done all the modelling that is absolutely viable. Uh, it's just getting these case studies up and running uh, it has been the focus for us and, and doing it free, if not really very, very cheap. Um, so it's been a, a deliberate um, ploy for us to not be financially sustainable. So we've got income streams in other ways to, to keep us going. Right. A lot of what this research project's looking at is uh, like value adding to farms. So we're working with people in Japan who are doing similar research and they use a term called scenery industry, which is it's, um, it's not used in Australia, but it basically means uh, like the primary producer, so the farmer, and then the uh, the processor and the distributor, they all work together. And it, it means six somehow, which is scenery. Um, but from that point of view, it, in terms of value adding and you're making like a, a curated product, small farms are definitely a thing. If you have someone passionate working on the farm, they can produce a, a product for the market, which, you know, a big conglomerate might not be able to do. Yeah, that's right. And, and we've got the supply chain sorted where you know you're going to get a certain amount of products sold for a certain price that gives you the confidence to go and build your business. So that's, yeah, I love that sort of thinking. We'd love to get involved in that supply chain side of things as we grow as a business as well um, and support our farmers to be even more profitable. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So question eight is, are there any intermediary organizations who help your business connect to consumers? So do you connect to people directly or... For you, in your case, I suppose it is because you're the website, you're the one connecting people, so it's a bit different. Yeah, well, I think our business is that connects is Facebook and Twitter and Instagram yep. and podcasts and YouTube. Like They're the ways we have gotten to people, and that's I think every business should think about that, um, that you should be a content-creating machine first that inspires people to then want to follow you and, and, and buy your services and, and, and goods. So Facebook has been the number one way that we've been able to connect people because everyone's on Facebook. So we just create content and get ourselves out there to where, where they are to make it really easy for anyone to find out about us. We're not saying come and join a new platform. It's like we'll just come yeah. to where you are. But um, so Facebook's been a thing that connects um, for us. And, yeah, we are the marketplace is another way we, we, we call ourselves. But people like real estate agents and lawyers and accountants and um the local community legend, uh, the people that we want to get to know more and more and more because they're the ones who see farmers every day and, and can start being the matchmakers themselves. Um, so they're the ones right. that we want to keep collaborating with and government and local councils because um, everyone has that need. Everyone wants to bring young people back. Everyone wants to make farming profitable and everyone wants to make money off farmers. Um, so we're just trying to get to those people to help us get to those farmers who have the need to get on or off the land. Right. Um, so this question might be worth splitting again. So what are the main obstacles or remaining issues for cultivate farms? And what are the main obstacles you see for farming in general? Um, so the main issues for cultivate farm, uh, are, again, I think it's getting out more and more case studies and also demonstrating how we can monetize this so we can keep going um, and yep. find opportunities. So uh, those case studies are just going to open up more and more opportunities for matches, but also open up more people in the industry to realise what we're doing and want to back us, so other others in the ag industry, let alone farmers. 
so those case studies are just so key because people want to know that we're working and it's and farmers are happy and that we're serious about this that we're here for the long term um, and so we know that's what people expect and that's what we're going to keep keep doing um, the problems that need to be solved for the ag industry in, in general i'm i'm just really worried about what message we're giving next gen farmers and the messages are at the moment go work on a farm as a worker or go work as some other secondary uh, ag related job the trend is that people are moving away from agriculture and farming but it does not have to be the way uh, yeah we know, the trend is not that people don't want to own a farm and don't want to be farmers it's that it's they know it's almost impossible um that's the trend uh, right. but we're saying you just a mindset you can follow your dreams you can be a farmer you can own a farm yeah awesome Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.